Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Today's episode of Growth Everywhere is brought to you by Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Single Grain covers services such as search engine optimization, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, YouTube advertising, content marketing, and conversion rate optimization. To learn more about Single Grain, go to www.singlegrain.com grow to learn about eight marketing campaigns that we've used in the past to help uh, clients grow, including the one that helped generate over 1,500% return on investment. Hey guys, so today's interview is with Joe Fairless, and he runs a really popular real estate investing podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about real estate investing and investing in general, and how you can really get started with with real estate investing. Um, I, I think there's a lot to learn here, and you know, there's a you know, Joe, Joe talks a little bit about, you know, I asked him why he uses his podcast and really how it helps him in, in terms of his business. So a few takeaways here that uh, you, that are definitely really actionable. Um, hope you enjoyed the interview. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Joe Fairless, who runs the best real estate investing advice ever podcast. Joe, how are you doing today? Oh, thanks so much for having me, Eric. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. So, you know, let's um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your background first, and then uh, you know, we'll go from there. Okay, cool. So, my background is I was in advertising in my uh, right after I graduated college. I'm from Texas. I live in New York City. Actually, born in Michigan, so kind of from all over. But I, I was uh, raised in Texas. And I graduated with an advertising degree, moved straight up to New York City because I wanted to compete with the best of the best in advertising. And uh, so I've been here since 2005, so about nine years. I was in advertising, climbed the corporate ladder from junior, junior project manager to the youngest VP at an advertising agency in New York City. Um, I made VP before I was 30, and then I decided it just wasn't for me. I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan, and uh, he talks about the six human needs. I won't get into all of them, but the last two lead to fulfillment, uh, growth, and contribution. And I just does, wasn't feeling like I was growing or contributing to something that was meaningful for me personally. Other people can certainly get fulfillment from advertising. I just personally, that's not how I'm wired anymore. Uh, so then I decided to start my own thing. Uh, first, I was going to do a, a career consulting for college students, young professionals to help them uh, climb the ladder like I did quickly. And then I realized that college students and young professionals don't have any money to pay for a consultant. And I, I actually launched a website and paid $3,000 for it to be developed and designed, and it just totally flopped. Um, so key lesson there I learned, and this is so obvious, but uh, make sure your customers can pay for your services. <laughs> uh, and then I launched another company, Fairless Investing, which now controls $7 million and is successful where basically I raise money and buy apartment communities um, with investors. And of course, like you mentioned, I've got a, a 
podcast called The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, where I interview successful real estate professionals and, as the name indicates, get their best advice ever. Got it. Okay, perfect. So the I actually had a, a guy in real estate, a friend in real estate, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna in, I'm gonna interview this this real estate guy." And I'm like, do you, "Would you have any questions for him?" And um, so you know, his question is, "How would you apply your model?" And, and you're in New York right now, right? Yes. Okay. So he he said, "You know, how would you apply your model in a city like you know L.A. or New York even or SF where the costs are are five x?" Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't apply my model in LA or San Francisco or New York or Miami. Um, I don't buy there. I buy in emerging markets. I buy in uh, Fort Worth. I buy in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm looking in Tulsa, Jacksonville, those types of markets. Um, I, I buy for capital so that I can pay my investors a certain amount of money um, and then their profits left over for my company to make money. And um, the, the type of properties I buy, large apartment communities, um, they're just, as, as your friend indicated, uh, the cash flow is just not there. Um, and in some cases, it, it is uh, five times more than what you actually should be paying for it. Got it. Okay. Now his follow-up question to that was, you know, if if investment properties are at least one million dollars, how do you raise equity for down payment? If you, if, you ever, if you ever get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to get there, you will get there. Mm-hmm. And um, the answer to that is you raise money based on uh, you. Well, a lot of different sources. Hard money. Uh, you could bring in other investors. Uh, you could do crowdfunding now. I mean, there's there's a lot of different options, and that's uh, that's a question that we could talk about for an hour, and we won't because uh, I know that's not the purpose of the show. Uh, so I'll just say a lot of different sources. Uh, first and foremost, people invest in uh, you. You have to be a credible, trustworthy uh, person with a track record of responsibility, and then you have to know what the heck you're talking about, And then you, meaning you have to know the numbers behind the deal and know the industry, and then you have to have a, a, a unique opportunity. Uh, if you have those three things, that's a perfect storm and you can raise money. Um, there are a lot of different approaches for how you actually uh, raise that money based on what's available. Got it. Okay, so let's talk about you know let's talk about the top. And I know you've kind of given some tactics already, but you know what are the top three ways that Joe Fairless, uh, you know, the top three tactics you use to to raise equity? Because that that was the follow up question. Uh, top three way. I don't. I don't think there are top three ways. I'd say I develop relationships with people, and I um, have conversations about what uh, their goals are. Uh, and then I find properties that meet their financial goals, and uh, then we do business together. Um, it's it's as simple as that. Got it. Simple enough. So you know, a lot, a lot of people in the in the startup world, you know, you know, are, watch this show and based in Silicon Valley or you know Silicon Alley, Silicon Forest, whatever you want to call it. But you know, they're always... <laughs> I haven't heard I haven't heard Silicon Forest yet. That's cool. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Um, ah, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, p- people are always talking about angel investing and, and things like that. So when is it? I guess when is it the right time for people to start getting into real estate investing? Yeah, well, I would say uh, depends on if we're talking about raising money or just buying a property on your own. Well, number two. So, number two. So buying a property on your own. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, it's time to get into real estate investing 
if uh, you've read about it and it makes sense to you and it's something that you would like to do from a time commitment standpoint. And there are different ways you can get into real estate, uh, both passively and actively. One of the things I did to get started, and this is so basic and all of your viewers and listeners are light years ahead of where I was, um, but I'll just say it. I read Investing for Dummies <laughs> uh, in 2000, I don't know, like maybe 2006 or something, 2006, 2007. And that's what introduced me to how the heck I'm going to invest a dollar when I have a dollar. Uh, and from Investing for Dummies, it lays out the three different types of investments, stocks, bonds, LLCs, and real estate. And I gravitated personally towards real estate because I like the fundamentals around it. Plus, it's just something that was comfortable to me. Um, and I wasn't seeing much traction in the stocks and bonds arena. Got it. Okay. Now, you know, you, you have this real estate business right now. And let's say people are looking to get into it. Maybe let's say Sam decides to quit his startup job and says, hey, you know, the, I've listened to this podcast. I want to start doing real estate investing. So how, you, you know, let, let, you control 10 million or I'm sorry, 7 million worth of real estate. You know, how much, um, how much ballpark can people expect to take home, um, you know, if they're, if they're doing something around that? Yeah, well, I would say first and foremost, Sam shouldn't quit based on this one podcast. <laughs> I, I hope Sam has a larger foundation from with the real estate knowledge um, before Sam decides to quit his job, uh, his or her job. But I would say that um, every property uh, you should anticipate making at minimum 10% on your money. Um, and with Large, large properties, it, dep it depends on what you're buying and it depends on how you buy it. For example, an apartment community, if you're putting a deal together then um, and you're a sponsor or a syndicator as they call it, then there are a lot of different ways you can make money. But primarily it's three ways. One is called an organization and that's typically one – Three to five percent. So we'll say one to five percent of the purchase price. Can you repeat so that? Actually, a, you kind of cut off. Okay. Yeah, just the, the starting at number one. Yeah. So there are three ways, uh, generally speaking, you can make money on uh, syndicating a deal. First is an acquisition fee or an or organization fee, and that tends to be one to five percent of the overall purchase price. So let's just use easy numbers. Um, you know. Seven a seven million dollar property, uh, you could make let's say one percent off of seven million seven thousand. Right? Am I doing my math right? Yeah. So seven thousand would be one percent all the way up to five percent. Um, there's also an asset management fee um, when you do asset management of a property. You uh, can get a fee based on the overall assets that are being controlled. And then lastly, there's equity in the deal. Um, that you have. And there are a lot of different ways you can structure that. But primarily, or, or what's typical, is that you'll find there's an 8% preferred return or some sort of preferred return. But we'll say 8% preferred return, meaning the investors get the return uh, before the syndicator or sponsor gets it. And then you split the profits above that, say 50-50. And then when you sell the property, uh, there's usually a 50-50 split. So the investors get their money back plus 50% of the profit, and then you get 50% of the profit. Huh, interesting. Okay. And I, I know I went in deep right there, and uh, th it's really a longer uh, – 
topic, uh, conversation, but um, I wanted to be as specific as possible. No, it, it's good to know. It's At least people can start searching for this stuff and start to, you know, if they want to dig deeper, they can for sure. Um, so why did you decide to start going down the podcasting route? A couple of reasons. One is it allows me to be introduced to successful real estate professionals everywhere uh, across the nation and internationally. Actually, I've had some people who are overseas. Um, and then two, uh, but on that note, it allows me to have a relevant reason to connect with them. Um, there's, and, and there's, you know, in marketing push pull type mentality, there's actually a, a pull mentality from them come wanting to come in to be on my show and get exposure. And I'm creating more friendships as a result of that. Uh, and I also consult uh, people who are wanting to learn how to raise money for real estate and, and evaluate apartment communities and buy apartments. And I'm more valuable to my clients because I have more friendships who uh, across the nation doing all sorts of stuff from flipping land to um, wholesaling to you know buying apartment communities. Uh, and then lastly, I'd, I'd say the, the third thing is that eventually I'm – I'm going to be uh, growing it to a point where I'm getting a significant amount of sponsorship dollars from the show. So it's also a revenue generator. Got it. And how you know how many listens are you, are you getting per month right now on the show? I'm averaging six hundred. Well, oh, per month, um, twenty thousand. Nice. Great. Yeah, I think you know podcasting is uh, podcasting is coming back, and it's great that you're sitting in this niche and you're pretty much ready to ready to go forward. So that's 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 a testament. So just just so everyone knows, um, you know, you guys should all check out best real estate in- investing advice ever. Um, eighty three reviews. I think it's all five stars. So congrats on that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of you know what you're doing today, uh, you know, we always like to talk about customer acquisition. So you know, you can define what a customer is in your case, but what's one thing? What's one unique thing you're doing to acquire more customers today? The podcast. <laughs> Besides the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to go deeper than that. Don't worry, Eric. Okay, go, you can go deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I would say I am uh, doing blogging on highly targeted blogs and becoming a member of the community within the blog and then meeting the members in real life um, and having real conversations with them. You know, it's it's so... Uh, it's crazy how many people we can connect with online, but then when you meet them in person, it just adds a whole nother dimension, obviously, to it, and it's more real, and it's more substantive. Um, so, for example, I blog on a website called Bigger Pockets. I'm sure some of your listeners um, who are interested in real estate have heard of it, and I'm really, really active within that community, and uh, what's today? Wednesday. Two days ago, I presented at a New York City Bigger Pockets meetup. Um, actually, the top ten piece of advi- pieces of advice I've learned from my show. So it's all cyclical, and I'm using the content from my show to help me become a more um, valuable member of the community. And then, you know, I get a lot of clients from that community. Okay. Fair enough. Now let's let's talk about some of those top ten uh, pieces of advice. You know, what can you share from that? Uh, there's not a lot of land flippers out there, but it's a profitable business. I am not. 
but certainly um, something that uh, people should look into. Uh, there's a couple different people I've interviewed on my show. One of them actually was released, uh, the episode was released, I think, yesterday or today. Um, so you can check that out on land flipping. And uh, you know, another piece I'd say is a lease option is your BFF. Um, lease option is a great way of selling a property whenever it's a difficult and challenging market to sell. Um, I talk about a case study I won't get into on the show, um, but I talk about a case study where uh, one of my guests, she uh, basically got $28,000 after seven and a half months of doing the lease option. Then the, then the uh, potential buyer left, his company paid the twenty eight k and she was left with her house again plus $28,000 in her pocket. Um, and then I actually acquired a 168-unit apartment community through a master lease with option to purchase, which is a uh, uh, kind of investing 2.0 strategy, uh, but it, once you master that strategy, it opens up a lot of doors, especially right now whenever the interest rates are low. A lot of people have recently refinanced, but perhaps they uh, have a life circumstance that they just happened and they need to sell. Well, there's a large prepayment penalty on the property because they just refinanced. Well, master lease with option to purchase is a way of of getting around that prepayment penalty um, while getting the lender's approval to do it and having both parties win. Huh. Can you, can you, and I might've missed this. Um, my ADD part might've missed this. Can you define, uh, you know, um, master purchase with, with option to lease? Yes. Yes. Master lease with option to purchase. Okay. And basically um, instead of, if you have a property and you need to sell it, and I would like to buy it. Instead of me buying it outright from you, um, I lease it from you. And as someone, as a, as a the the person who's leasing it, I'm receiving um, all the rents from your property. I'm also paying all the expenses, and I'm also paying the mortgage on it. But you are released of owning. Or you are released of the responsibilities of the management of the property. So the uh, reason you would do that is because I would pay you a, a down payment that we agree upon so that you can get cash in pocket and you can go do your thing with whatever you, know, you want to do. Um, and I, the reason I would want to do that is to take control of the property and start managing it effectively and uh, generating that cash flow. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. And thanks for that. Um, in terms of, I guess, you know, you just shared some, some tactics. I mean, what are some big mistakes you see people making when it comes to, you know, real estate investing? Oh, you uh, cut out. Can you repeat the question, please? Sure, absolutely. So my question was, uh, what are some big mistakes you see people making when it comes to real estate investing? I would say taking Making mistakes that are avoidable simply by um, uh, they are avoidable if they would be more educated and have someone help them out. Period. Um, how how I got to where I'm at um, relatively quickly. A lot of people would say, you know, I started with four single family homes and I went straight from four single family homes to raising over a million dollars and buying an apartment community of 168 units with investors. How I was able to do that so quickly is I uh, found people who are successfully doing what I wanted to do, reached out to them, paid for their advice, wrote on their coattails, and they helped me make it happen. 
that, that's it. it. It's really simple. And um, I'm I'm a proponent of you know as Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues, and just simply finding the the right people um, and and uh, learning from them. So the mistakes the mistake is that um, not being educated and not having the right guidance. Uh, so you know, there, there's any number of mistakes in real estate and depends on what type of real estate investing that you, you're into. Um, but I'd say overarching that mistake can be applied to any type of real estate investing asset that you are focused on. Got it. So it sounds like it's a combination of, you know, making sure that you're learning your shit and also, you know, making shit happen there. And then at the same time, also finding good mentors. That's correct. Got it. Okay. Now, in terms of, you know, we, we talked a little bit about learning just a second ago. So, you know, what are some, what are some good resources people can turn to when, when they want to learn this stuff? Uh, well, I mean, real estate investing is a broad category. Uh, I'd say first what I do is, I mean, it's crazy. It depends on the level of, of where you're at. But Investing for Dummies would be a first, first book that I would read. Um, and then based on your interest in different aspects of real estate, then start looking a little bit more into those types of aspects. Uh, but before you, know, before you get started in real estate, um, ask yourself what interests you about real estate because that will help, uh, help guide you down a particular path, whether it's being a real estate agent or uh, a, bro- or a, a real estate investor um, or both. Or wholesaling, fixing, flipping, um, storage units. I mean, there, there's all different types of of paths. So first and foremost, I'd read Investing for Dummies, um, and then I'd find something like uh, Bigger Pockets is a great website. Uh, it, it talks about all different types of real estate investing, and then so is um, you know my podcast because I talk about every different type of real estate investing. Um, so finding a smattering of experts in all different aspects of real estate investing and then honing in on a particular that you're interested in and getting more specific and identifying the people who are doing it best, reach out to them and uh, work and, and partner with them um, as much as you can. Okay. Tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing your real estate business. Raising money. Would be a struggle. I um, my first deal. I never raised a penny before, and I'd never raised. I'd never purchased an apartment community, community before. That is uh, a very tall mountain to climb on your first deal, and uh, let alone you know having to raise over a million dollars. So school was. Learning as I as I went along, how to, how to raise the money, and one thing I identified as uh, a tactic um, that was effective was creating a spreadsheet initially, and in the spreadsheet, in each column, write down a network that you're a part of. Once you list out all the people in that network, the goal is to get one person from each of the networks interested. Because once you have one person from each of the networks interested, then you can say, well, Eric is, is uh, interested in investing, or even better, Eric has committed to investing. And I know you know Eric, so um, would love to have a conversation with you too. 
Oh, really? Eric's doing it? Well, I know Eric you know, is, savvy, is, is smart and savvy with his money. I'd, sure, I'd, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about it. It's a whole lot easier to have that conversation than not name-checking someone that they already know who's in it. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a key learning and, a, and something that regardless of what you're raising money for, um, if you take that approach, it will be effective. Um, I had somebody back out – actually, I had two people back out three weeks before we were supposed to close, and I had to cover or make up $250,000. Two weeks, two or three weeks before we were supposed to close. Um, so I was scrambling, ended up an existing investor, um, took the remaining and we closed on it, and it was great. I'm very grateful for that, um, and it's a good investment, so um, it's going to pay off. Uh, but there was a roller coaster ride. Another learning is raise a lot more money than you think you need because when push comes to shove and dollars go out of the account into an escrow account, uh, some crazy things happen uh, from, you know, well, I would actually use my money for something else or uh, something came up. So always raise more money than you think you need and just let people know on the sidelines that they are on the sidelines. But should something change with the current investors, then they'll be next in line. Got it. Okay, great. And you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the the product that you're launching or have launched already. You know, it, it's called uh, Launch a No Fail Business Model, which I think would be very interesting to to everyone. So, let, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. It is a business. It's a business model class. Uh, whether you have an existing business or whether you're thinking of creating one, it is a step by step guide for how to structure your company um, so that it's best in class. It's a video class, um, walks you through, uh, I think, five, I think like eight or nine different videos um, from how to exceed your customer's expectations to how to make sure the question to ask to make sure that your business is profitable. Um, And it has been the um, most highly rated class on uh, Skillshare, and now um, I can actually give your uh, listeners an exclusive discount. I'll, I'll, I don't know what it is. I have to do the code, but I'll send it to you um, so that they can go to my website and sign up for it and get a crazy discount just because uh, you are who you are. <laughs> Sounds good. No, th- thanks so much. I think they, they definitely appreciate that, and you know I'd appreciate that too. Um, so what... What's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25-year-old self? I would say um, that it's important to give before you receive. I've always been – I've always had that approach, but it it wasn't until – I mean, quite frankly, I started listening to Tony Robbins that I really – consciously live it day to day. And I think the faster you get to the mentality of giving before you receive, you know, The Go-Giver is uh, an amazing book, um, Three Feet from Gold. Uh, they, I mean, they all have a the secret to living is giving mentality. And that is number one. Um, and if I could speak in another piece of advice to my 25-year-old self, um, you know, I, I would tell myself to focus on self-improvement. Um, as Jim Rome says, you know, work harder on yourself than you do your job. And it's, it's crazy how that pays exponential dividends whenever you do that. Great. 
It's, it's, it's funny that you talk about Tony Robbins because I have his book sitting right over there, the new investing book that he just wrote. And it, it, everything ties in. We're talking about real estate investing and then we're talking about Tony Robbins. So have you checked that out yet? I have bought it four different times and I might be going to the bookstore at – what time is it? Five, I might be going to the bookstore in an hour and a half to go actually see him because he's doing a, sign, a book crazy. Wow. today at 7 p.m. Uh, I, I haven't received my copy yet, though. My first copy I bought for my mom, my second copy I bought for uh, my dad, I think, and then copy three and four I just bought. And I don't know. You have it? I have it. I'm jealous. I don't know why I haven't received it yet. I've got four of them. <laughs> it's funny because I'm sitting all the way in California and I have it before you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, great. Well, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's a 600-page tomb right there. And it's yeah, kind of daunting. I, I, I heard, yeah, I heard that. I listened to his uh, interview with Tim Ferriss, and good, um, good interview, good interview. And he told they warned us about how big the book was, but uh, you know, it, it's jam packed full of stuff. I'm, that's definitely going to be applicable and help us be financially savvy. Yeah, great. Uh, what's one productivity hack you can share with the audience? I have a whiteboard in my room. And it's one of the the whiteboards that you can just stick on the wall. Costs like ten dollars or something. And every month before the month begins, I list out my monthly goals. And uh, for example, I'm working on a development deal right now. Going to develop four hundred apartments, and and. It says development under contract, and there's just a box, and it's a checkbox or no checkbox. Um, number of clients this month, and it's a it's a graph or it's a bar chart, and it's just one, two, three, four, five, well, however many. I look at that constantly, and that drives my focus for the month, um, and it helps me be extremely focused and productive based on what my month-long goals are. And when I look back on it, it's – an incredibly useful tool to do. Okay. Damn. I wish we could see that, but uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll get a picture of it later and put it in a, put it in a post. Uh, that that'll help add context. Um, okay. You know, we've talked about a few books already. We just talked about Tony Robbins' book, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get one more out of you. You know, what's one more must read book you'd recommend to the audience? Crucial Conversations. Good one. Oh, I love Crucial Conversations. Um, how to approach obviously you've read it you know how to approach conversations when the stakes are high and opinions vary uh, or differ i mean the, and the takeaway is that as long as you start with your mutual purpose you know tear away what you're disagreeing on and find what's the one thing that you both want out of the conversation and build up from there it's one hell of a negotiating approach whenever you're speaking to someone in real estate or in life, in relationships, whatever. Um, they also talk about the story that we tell ourselves and how that can just get totally out of whack um, based on just how our minds work. And uh, that, that book has helped me become an effective communicator, uh, and I've read it about seven, eight times. Yeah, it, it's, it's totally one of those books that you need to reread, and I need to do it. I, I mean, I, I let someone borrow it, and you know what happens, and it disappears. But oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the interesting about crucial, the, the interesting thing about crucial conversations, you know, I, I've tried to get people to read it in the past. Um, you know, in relationships, especially, it's tough, right? 
But the response, especially when you get from when you give it to a girlfriend, it's like, no, I'd, I'd rather well, you're removing the emotional part from a, from a discussion, meaning they want to actually fight. You know, <laughs> so how do you you know, my question to you is how do you get around that? Uh, well, I don't have a girlfriend, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. How would you I, get around uh, I, if somebody just wants to fight, then, then there's, there, I think then there's something at the core of why they want to fight. Um, so then I'd, I'd start trying to dig in there and see, okay, so, so what are you really getting at? And ultimately, you know, as, as you know, you're a student of Tony Robbins, it sounds like we have the human needs of the first, you know, the first four and the two late earlier, but um, what are they looking for? Are they looking for significance? Are they looking for love? Are they looking for certainty? Uncertain? Like what, what's at the root of why they're um, perturbed a little bit? And then, and then, and then reframing it. I mean, I would really actually apply the same uh, uh, principles that crucial conversations teaches, like reframing, making sure, like restating what they're saying, and then everybody, even if you know somebody's uh, applying approach from a book, that's okay. Um, if I have a problem and with you, Eric, and then you restate my problem to me, then at least I know I'm being heard, and then we start building from there. So I would just quite frankly, apply the crucial conversations principles with them. And, um, you know, we, we, we can influence, but we can't control people. Right. Yep. So there's, there's only so much we can do. Um, you know, we, it's hard enough to, uh, do get, you know, get our own house in order, let alone try and control somebody else's. So, you know, you, you do what you can to influence positively others, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't control them. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I think you, you, you can't control them. You can't get them to, I mean, they're going to be who they're going to be. And maybe, you know, in that case, maybe it's, you know, maybe they're too immature. I don't know what it is, but um, to, you know, the response I've gotten in the past is just like, you know, really, you're going to go to a book. It's like almost robotic, but you know, maybe it's just, you know, you, you try to apply the, you try to apply it. I just didn't know how to deal with it in the past, but you know, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it's, you just got to go back and, you know, pause, pump the brakes a little bit. And then reframe it again. And if not, you know, there's no conversation to be had, right? Yeah, and I, I think real quick, I, I think the the key to all of that is not to say pause at that moment and go look in a book and read. <laughs> I, I think the key is to to have the principles ingrained in your mind right. and just boom, start applying them and practicing them. Got it. So, Joe, what's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, well, first would be the podcast, best real estate investing advice ever. Um, and then secondly, you know, you can go to my website, joefairless.com and, uh, I've got a free, um, video crash course on real estate investing and all sorts of, uh, content. And there's also my uh, podcast at my website. Perfect. So everyone, this is Joe Fairless. Make sure to check out his podcast. It, it's, a, it's one of the top real estate podcasts out there. I'm subscribed. You should be subscribed too. Joe, thanks so much for doing this. Well, thank you so much, Eric, and thank you, everyone, for joining. I know you have a lot going on, and I uh, hope this was a valuable use of your time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Joe. If you're interested in growing your revenues online and you're tired of ho-hum agency work, then it might be time to check out Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency 
ran by yours truly that has helped venture back startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Check out Single Grain at www.singlegrain.com slash grow to get a free resource on eight marketing campaigns that we've used to help companies grow their revenues online, including the one that drove over 1,500% return on investment. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.